Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's a rite of passage. We had to do it in our day. It'll all be over soon. It'll just flow when you're in there. FM 104's Leaving Cert Survival Guide with the Institute of Education. With only the info that you want to hear to help you ace your Leaving Cert. Welcome to the final episode of the Leaving Cert Survival Guide. I'm Tara Murray from FM 104's Total Access. And I'm Crossy from the Strawberry Alarm Clock. Each Monday and Wednesday for the past five weeks, we have been speaking to some of Ireland's best teachers, getting you set for next week's Leaving Cert exams. Today on the show, we have an action-packed episode to celebrate the last of the series. I know, very sad. We are covering the Leaving Cert French exam with the Institute's Karina Gavenda. Karina has been teaching the Institute for 30 years. She's a native French speaker and conducts her classes completely true French. Dr. Coleman Nocter is also going to be joining us today for one last time as we go over the best ways to overcome a disappointment and spoiler alert, every student is bound to have a couple of them over the next few weeks. So don't beat yourself up about it and if you happen to have a bad day, have a listen to Coleman Nocter and uh, he'll be able to help you get through that difficult time because you know what, it may happen to most of us. Dublin's hit music station, FM 104. We are delighted to be joined in studio by Corinne Gavenda from the Institute of Education, who's been teaching French there for over 30 years. How many questions are there and how long should I spend on each one for the Leaving Cert French examination? Okay, so for your Leaving Cert honours level, you have got uh, three main sections, okay? So your first section is your reading comprehensions, two reading comprehensions. You've got two texts which are worth each of them 60 points, okay? Then you get into your productive writing. There's loads of questions in the productive writing, but remember that you only pick three. So your productive writing is question one is compulsory. Then you've got two, three, four, and you're going to pick another two out of any of those sections. So you've got three written exercises. Then you go for a little 10 minute break and uh, you come back in for the oral exam, which will be then five sections. Now, the time management is really important. In fact, you're talking about five exercises, two comprehensions, three productive writing. So we go with 30 minutes per exercise. And those 30 minutes for the productive writing would mean read your question really, really carefully, highlight your keywords, then plan, so little introduction, development, conclusion, you are writing, then give yourself two, three minutes to read over. Okay, so, so that's what students generally don't do. They might do an extra exercise instead of spending time to, to, to read over what they have written. That's really what they should do. Let's talk about the reading comprehensions first. How can you tell when you definitely have a quote and when you have to change the text? Okay, so that's a big worry for students. When do I quote? When do I change? So in a reading comprehension text, the questions that you've got to look out for are relever, trouver, and citer. Okay, if you've got those three words, okay, so one, one of those, uh, followed by un mot, une expression, une phrase, you know for a fact and you must do a cut and paste, okay? So the difference would be 
trouver un mot, let's say, or relever un mot, is your answer can only be one word. Okay? Otherwise, you're going to be penalized. Trouver une expression, it's part of a sentence. It's never one word and it's never the full sentence. It's just part of it. Trouver une phrase, you can be, that, that's a nice one because you can be 100% sure that that is full stop to full stop. Okay? Now, if you don't have any of those words and you might have, I don't know, uh, quelle, quelle est la réaction du narrateur? Okay? So what is the reaction of the narrator? Take a look at your text. If the text is in the I form, okay, all you need to do is to switch it into the he or the she form. So it's just literally a, a little change in grammar. Okay, You change your pronoun, you change your uh, verb, but you keep everything else. You don't change the vocabulary. Can you speak about question six of the reading comprehension? What's the best way to approach that? Okay, so question six has to be written in English. First of all, not in French. So it's a real kind of uh, good thing to remember that anything that is asked to you in French must be answered in French. Anything that's asked to you in English must be answered in English. So when you get to question six, okay, what you will have done is that you will have done every single section with the questions for each section. And now you've got a global question, a global comprehension question. So you need to take a bit of time, see exactly what you're being asked, okay? And again, underline the keywords and now go back into your text and jot down on a rough piece of paper all the points in the text that would relate to the question, okay? Then you need to find two key points to develop. Develop them by using uh, examples from the text. So this is never about your own opinion, Okay, this is about what you got from the text and you are given the points for the details that you're getting from the text. Now, a lot of students think that it has to be in French. Some of the students are really confused about it. It actually doesn't matter. You can totally uh, answer and explain in English or you can explain in English with French quotes from the text. Once you show your examiner that you've understood the text and you've answered the question, you're fine. There's no problem. And what's the best way to revise for a question like that? Now, for, unfortunately, it's an unseen passage. So you can do, you know, loads of reading comprehensions. And yes, you might get a text that is a little bit more obscure. But the, I think the way to go about it is be really um, clear on the structure of the questions. Okay, so take when you have your text, for instance, practice to... Uh, split anything that is about section one, anything that is about section two, make sure that you're not going to take the answer from the wrong section of the text. You would lose your points, okay? Be very familiar with the type of questions you're being asked, okay? Then remember that we are not expecting you to understand every single word, all right? So kind of scan your text, see what part of the text the answer seems to be coming from and then work from that. But I agree that it's kind of frustrating for the student because, you know, it's not something that you learn off and, and it's only right. It's a language, so you shouldn't be learning it off anyway. In the productive writing segment in uh, section two, should you attempt more than three questions required? Okay, so my advice to, to students is to try to keep it to three questions. 
Okay. I think that when we open an exam paper and we see students that have done four, five, our immediate reaction is to say, okay, this is going to be very average because there's no way you have the time to do four really good questions. Okay. So what I would say for the productive writing is in question one, it is generally a choice between a reaction and a narrative. The narrative doesn't always come up, but the reaction has. Okay. So it's to give yourself the time to understand what you are being asked. I'll give you an example. It's one of the questions that really struck me. Uh, I think it was back in 2012. They asked, um, explain why young Irish people have good reasons to be happy. Okay. And uh, uh, some students that year, there had been rumors, you know, the way there's tips from one year to the next. And the tip that year was recession is coming up. Okay. So you had loads of students that learned off by heart an essay on recession. So if they took up that question and they said, well, actually, I think that they don't have many reasons to be happy because, and here is my recession coming in, wrong, completely wrong, because the question was explain why they have reasons to be happy. And therefore, you are not given the opportunity to say something else. You have got to go for all the positives. So it is crucial, absolutely crucial to read exactly what you are being asked, okay, and not to confuse. And why are you confusing? It's because, in fact, you've learned stuff off by heart, okay? You're trying to think what themes are going to come up, etc. And you want them to come up so badly, so badly, that you are going to stick it in anyway because you learned it, okay? So this is the mistake not to make. And Corinne, how long should a reaction be? Would you penalize for writing too long? No, you're not penalized for writing too long, but the longer you write, the more mistakes you might make. Okay. Plus, the longer you write, the more you might lose focus of the question. I would say to students, three quarters of a page, okay, of the, the full A4 page, I think it's pretty good as a length. How would you revise for your revision for the productive writing section? So for the productive writing, I think there is three things to keep in mind. So we are giving points to clarity. Okay, we want the arguments to be well presented. So you are going to be preparing, first of all, phrases that allow you to structure your sentence. So this could be something like uh, introducing your question with, uh, il ne fait aucun doute que uh, la situation let's say, the, du, du, du changement climatique est un problème qui nous inquiète tous. So there is no doubt that the issue of, then whatever comes up, is a problem that worries us all. Okay, so you've got an opening question. Have also little expressions for the development, which would be maybe something like, certains affirment que, d'autres prétendent que, so some people say that, others claim that. It's like really having point number one, Point number two, except that you can't put the figures, you've got a set expression for it. Then for a conclusion. So that's point number one. Point number two, what themes do you prepare? So you are meant to be able to react on anything. Okay. Now, a lot of people are saying the environment this year, you know, it's been 10 years since the environment hasn't come up. Could it come up? It might might not. The French paper is completely unpredictable. But you have studied themes in class, okay? Rather than learning chunks, just learn the keywords, okay? And then uh, the other thing is just little expressions that are going to link up your ideas. So it might be on the other hand, en revanche, d'une part, d'autre part, on the one hand, on the other hand. And that's it. Literally, that's it. The more you're going to clog up your head with bits that you've learned off, the more it's going to look messy on paper. So keep it simple, keep it clear, answer the question. 
How difficult do students find Section 3, the listening comprehension? Now, th- this is an interesting one. They they do find it difficult because I think that they're worried about how much detail they should be giving. So be as precise as you possibly can. My advice would be don't answer at the first listening. Okay, The first listening is meant to give you an idea of what the passage is about. And then remember that in the second listening, you've got the bleeps that tell you, okay, so this was section one, and this is now section two. And now you're familiar with the question, you're familiar with what you're hearing. So this is the time to actually answer. You must answer in English. That is really important, because answers in French are not going to be accepted. And uh, just... What you are hearing, okay, you are translating it. So the job of the interpreter is not to put his own spin on it. It's actually to translate what he's hearing. You stick to that. Don't come up to a conclusion, okay? Stick to it. We just did a a, a listening yesterday in class. And uh, in the passage, the, the guy was saying, my only desire is to hold my child in my arms for the whole of my life. Okay, so the question was, what is his only desire? Okay, if you had said, if you listen to it, you understand it, and you say to yourself, right, okay, it means to protect the child. All right, so anybody that answered to protect him got zero. In fact, they had to answer to take him in his arms for the whole of his life, for the rest of his life. And that got you the three points. So stick to what you hear, translate exactly what you hear. Put your answers in English and use up all the time. There are so many students that will answer at the first listening. And then by the second and the third, they're not really concentrating anymore. So do use the three listening that you are getting for section one, two, three, four. Keeping in mind, on the other hand, that section five, you only hear it twice each time. Corinne, just before you go, do you have any last pieces of advice for students as they do their last couple of weeks of preparation? Okay, so French is not a topic that you can cram, okay? So, so, so that's the first thing. So kind of take it easy. If uh, you could listen every day to a little bit of uh, uh, radio news, that would be brilliant. So you've got uh, France Info, which is really, really good. If you feel that you are struggling a little bit, there is an app that you can get on your phone, which is called News in Slow French. Okay, And that gives you the audio with the text. And what's amazing, in fact, is that your vocab is, in, is blue. Okay, You click on your vocab, the translation comes up. I mean, you know, they've got so much now. Uh, so I would listen to a little bit of French every day. Okay, I would certainly revise my expressions and go over the past papers. Go over the, past, the, the reading comprehension of the past papers. The night before, early night. Early night, do not kind of, you know, go over all your notes and panic. The exam is in the morning. Uh, you need to be really awake for it. And really just read, read properly the question. It's, it's all in that. Okay, do not answer beside the question. That was Corinne Gavenda from the Institute of Education covering this year's French paper and our last subject of the series. Coming up next, we have an extremely important chat with Dr. Coleman Nocter on how to overcome a disappointment. So don't go anywhere. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. 
You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. FM 104's Leaving Cert Survival Guide with the Institute of Education. With only the info that you want to hear to help you ace your Leaving Cert. You're listening to the Leaving Cert Survival Guide and right now we are chatting to Dr. Coleman Nocter from St. Patrick's Mental Health Services uh, about stress and this time overcoming potential disappointment. Now the Leaving Cert is set to begin next week and it's going to feature 10 plus exams for most students so there's bound to be a couple of curveballs thrown in at some point. So how important is it to just not get bogged down on something if it doesn't go your way? Um, Again, I think with any sort of disappointment, we have to put it into the reality that it belongs. So you may feel that you answered a paper incorrectly, there was a question that didn't go right for you, there was stuff that came up, maybe a poet or whatever it is that you were planning for that wasn't prepared for or whatever it might be. Oftentimes in the post-crisis period your tendency is to catastrophize so you're always going to be sensationalizing the outcome in a way that isn't in check with reality so you're going to go oh my god I'm going to fail that paper because of that incident it's highly unlikely to be that so again trying to be measured about it trying to bring it back down into what exactly did go wrong and what would be the potential impact of that always remember that markers of papers are looking to pass you as opposed to fail you so they're looking for evidence to suggest where they can give you marks as opposed to we always imagine that they're looking for things to take it away um, but as, as somebody who marks papers all the time um, in, in universities and things you start from zero and add them in as you go along so you're building up points and you always want a student that passes is far less labour intensive than a student who fails so from that point of view uh, you're, you're always kind of optimising that so you're to remember that the world isn't always against you just because this incident or this event didn't go as planned. The issue is also that you don't allow it to define the rest of the process. So if you become derailed by something, then if you're if you're if you're tr- if you're off the track, it's very hard to get back onto it. Um, so in the first instance, the most important thing is to get back on track. So put that experience behind you. There's nothing you can do about that now. You have another paper tomorrow that you need to prepare for, and really change gears into something different. So much easier said than done, um, but it is something that it is absolutely worth the labour or the the effort to try and block something out of your mind and trying to put something behind you and move on from it. There'll be plenty of time after leaving start to revisit this. The night before your next paper is not the time to do that. Um, we learn far more, and this is a, going to be a very little consolation to somebody who's in this situation, but we do learn far more from our mistakes than our successes. So from something that perhaps, you know, not reading the paper correctly, reading too quickly through it, skipping a section, whatever the thing that might be bugging you, you won't do that again because of that experience. And so the likelihood of you repeating the, er- the errors is far less likely because of that. Um, Remember that points are cumulative over a series of exams. So the paper that didn't go so well, there might have been a paper the day before or the day after that went far better than you expected. And these things tend to kind of peter out into it and find their level at the end of the 
the, the cumulative experience. So rather than letting that one disappointment define everything that follows, try and keep on track, try and keep balanced, keep again that context, perspective, avoid sensationalizing. And if you can put it up on that shelf, go back to find your groove again, find your lane um, and revisit it at a time when it's when there's less pressing issues coming on stream but um, it's, it is it is very difficult and again I would say use that solar system of support the family members the friends to nurture you put the arm around you tell you it's going to be okay because guess what it is and it's I've never really experienced somebody coming to therapy because one paper one question didn't go so well and that defined the rest of their life it doesn't work that way um, and you know most people are pleasantly surprised by the results that they get I know I certainly was um, wasn't expecting to do anything close to what I did in terms of that. So I always find that a reassuring issue that perhaps sometimes our apprehension and our worry about how things are going to go can absolutely colour the experience. Um, and you know, assuming the worst and accept and expecting the, the 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 whatever happens will be a bonus. It's kind of an Irish way of thinking about it. Yeah. Own your successes, and when those papers go well, even though you may not sp- say it openly. Give yourself a pat on the back for the work that you've done. And when that result comes through that you're pleased about, you know, soak it up. These are the experiences that you put a lot of effort into. You've after, you know, putting serious amount of hours and labor into preparing for this. Own it, enjoy it and, uh, uh, and don't get overly thrown by the bits that probably don't go to plan. And what are the ways to regulate your emotions in the middle of an exam that isn't working out as planned? Like if you're looking at a question, you're going, oh my God, didn't expect that to come up. What am I going to do? How would you look about regulating that and calming yourself down? Okay, break it down first. So the more you kind of think, oh my God, this is catastrophe. This is, you're, you're, if, you're, if you go into hysteria, then you're not going to be able to think. So break it right down and say, okay, this is one section that I didn't expect or this is an angle on this question that I didn't expect. Slow everything down. The, the temptation is to speed up. Uh, when you get a curveball, you buy time. And uh, anyone working in radio will know that when someone's saying to you, that's a really interesting question, and I'm glad you asked me that. They're trying to buy time to think about how they're going to answer that question. So you do, you do it very same in, in an exam situation. You sit back, take two breaths, run your hands through your hair, and then get that rough piece of paper out and say right I'm going to map out I'm going to tackle this this is not something that I foresaw this is something that's uh, coming from left field but I have a strategy and I'm sure there's information in my hard drive of my brain somewhere that I can use to make an attempt to give this and what I would say is throw everything at it even if the, the information is not necessarily neatly fitting in that question you're still going to be able to tell that examiner I've done some stuff and I've worked hard at this and although it's not exactly what you're looking for it could be close enough and you'd be surprised where you can scrape points from this is like you know when you're needing that money to pay the delivery guy from the takeaway and you go behind the couch and you find two euro here and a euro there and something in a jacket pocket the, the information is going to be there you're going to be able to make some fist of it and um, always regret having tried something rather than not tried it at all um, but the key is slow it down regulate don't you know go faster buy yourself some time to think about it do a rough plan of how you're going to make an, a shot at this and then just do it uh, and give it your best shot and and throw the kitchen sink at that if you can I would also maybe say leave that till last go and, with the stuff that you know first you know put out your 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 best 15 and then add in the, the, the bonuses or the extra points at the end. But uh, yeah, it, it, always give it a shot. Put something on paper. You're going to get points for that. You get nothing for blank space. But uh, 
try not to be hysterical, slow it down and do, just do your best. I actually have a story about that particular incident. It, like a friend of mine, uh, and this is exactly what you were talking about, a friend of mine, uh, we were sitting in our history exam for our leaving cert. Now she was quite good at it. She studied really, really hard, as did I. And you know the way when you have exams, you know there's certain, you know, topics that you can bank on. Mm. They didn't come up for the last four years. So they definitely <coughs> have to come up this mm. year. We had all of those learnt off by heart. And when we got the exam, it was barely anything what we expected it to be. Um, she panicked, like you said, w- had a panic, left the room, came back, started writing about the things that she did know, tried to make some sort of sense out of the questions that she didn't know. And she went from thinking that she was going to fail to getting a C or a B. So that really does work. Like yeah. it absolutely does work. She had her moment where she was going, oh God, oh God, oh God, left, went to the bathroom, calmed herself down, had a breather, came back in and she did really, really well. Mm. Really well. And it's just mad how things work like that, isn't it? It is. And yeah. when you're under pressure and even when you're speaking at something and someone will always say, it speaks slower and louder. Yes. You know, and your thinking has to be slower yes. and louder. And, you know, it is about doing something a little bit more methodically when it's more of a challenge than rushing through it. It's like driving an ice, you know, slow it down, take your time um, and you'll be surprised how far you'll get. Yeah, because I find as well, this is what she described and I suppose it kind of happened to me as well. When you're looking for a particular subject or particular words to jump out at you from a page and you don't see them, you you, you will automatically go into panic mode. But don't let that happen to you, essentially, is what you're trying to say. Just Yeah, or take, if the panic happens, out. take the breath yes. and bring it back down. Yeah, yeah. You know, so exactly. the dial will flip and it might go to mm. the 10 but bring it back down into the 7 and then tackle it when it's in 7 Yes, because your performance is going to be way way better when you're not hyper vigilant hyper aroused in terms of your thinking mm-hmm. um, and slow and steady slow and steady and what if a student is worried about a parent being upset or disappointed because they sat a bad exam yeah, I mean, I think that's a real worry. We we do carry the pressures of other people's expectations. And, you know, pe- some parents are living their lives vicariously through their children and they want you to achieve the things that they didn't achieve or whatever the case may be. One bad paper is not an indication of the success and failure of your whole educational journey. So from the point of view of... You know, as, as Larry Gogans famously said, they didn't suit you today, you know, in terms of those questions. And as it's a real, I love that. I think that's a way of, we need to look at life sometimes, that sometimes they just don't suit us. That doesn't mean we don't know anything. It doesn't mean that we didn't do enough work. They just didn't fall the way we wanted. Um, and I would say to everybody in terms of the Leaving Cert, when, you, when you're getting those results and you're disappointed or if they weren't what you were, in terms of it, think of it as a sat-nav. You know, if you take a wrong turn, the destination doesn't change, just the route. So from the point of view of there are way more ways of achieving what you want other than that one route that you had planned out. And oftentimes that scenic journey is way more colourful, way more experiential and, and has way more lasting impacts on that. I would also say to you that lots of evidence would suggest that, you know, our academic intelligence is important. But if we follow people who get those kind of 600 points in their leaving certs and follow them through their lives and careers 
they tend to not do as well as those who perhaps didn't perform at that level but had emotional intelligence and had that ability to read a room, to be rhetoric, to have that skilled uh, way of bringing people along and, you know, being able to read the temperature of situations, being able to take risks, that sort of stuff. So there's a whole plethora of qualities that you possess as a human being that are going to aid your career, your life choices, and the Leaving Cert in Academia is but one of them. It's an important one to get you started, but I don't know, I'm 41, and I don't know how many times people said, what did you get in your leaving? Um, that's very after true, it. You know, I don't know whether that's ever been asked of me as a human being. <laughs> um, I didn't really study for my leaving. I didn't really find academia that interesting. Um, and in 2017, I completed a PhD because I found a topic that I enjoyed. I found something that I was passionate about. The Leaving Cert is a very conformist type of way of remembering details about stuff that largely isn't that interesting from the point of view it is something to be endured as opposed to enjoyed and it can turn us off education from the point of view of that Uh, education is a much more fulfilling pursuit of your own knowledge and as you get further through the educational system you find your tribe you find your people you find your passions and it doesn't become quite a chore Um, this last six eight nine months has been a journey for most people one that they are glad is coming to the end don't leave that a bitter taste in your mouth about the future of your education because I think what happens now is it opens up to much more choice, much more preference and you're kind of steering the ship from here on out and uh, yeah, I think, look, this is a big deal. There's people making an industry out of your worry and your panic and, you know, there's a whole series of things that you can do and things that you can get. There's really only you at the end of the day who has to answer this. Your parents are going to be excited. They're going to be disappointed. Whatever that is, you're the one who has to answer to yourself. So give it your best shot. Do what you can. And whatever it is, you just have to manage the fallout. This is about saying to yourself, I've got this. Whatever the outcome to this is, I've got it. If it's great, happy days. If it's not great, I'll manage it. Whatever it is, I have the skills to survive this. And those skills don't come from a book. They come from your relationship with yourself, your self-worth, your self-value and your knowledge of your own skill set. And if you have that, that's the most important thing to keep intact. Don't drop that over this summer because that's going to be far more useful to you than a piece of paper with a, a, a subtotal of points on it. And I know it's a cliche and you kind of did already touch on it before, but the leaving cert is not the be all and end all, which is what we hear people say all the time. How important is it to stress this to students who are listening right now? It's hugely important. It's the most important thing to your, in your life at the moment. So if you're a Leaving Cert student, you can't see past it. And anyone who's saying, ah, sure, look, I never did a Leaving Cert and I did fine. That's like saying, oh, sure, you know, Uncle Freddie smoked 100 a day and lived till he was 90. They may be the exception to the rule. And from where you're at at the moment, that pays little dividend in terms of making you feel any better. What I'm saying to you is, it is important to you right now. But what was important to you in that moment of your life when you're 18 is less important when you're 20, less important when you're 30, even less important when you're 50. (laughs) And so from the point of view, your your preferences will change. And for the moment, it's huge. But in the spectrum of things, it's not. And I would say to you, like everything that makes us anxious, this too will pass. And there is a time in your life where you will reflect on it and go, God, that was awful. I'm glad that's finished. But I have so much more interesting things in my life to worry about right now. Um, What I'd say to them is, you know, in terms of trusting your process, if you've done the work, 
you will get some marks. If you haven't done the work, you might just be lucky. You know, be aware that sometimes the world is unfair and it might reflect in in you doing less well than you thought it would. But those things, luck swings and roundabouts. You could be incredibly lucky in the next phase of your life. You could have been incredibly lucky in the last one. And sometimes you make your own luck as well. So, you know, it this is important, but it does not define you and it won't define you. And I certainly don't know anyone who introduces themselves as adults and they say, Coleman Otter, 450 points Coleman Notter <laughs> 325 points it doesn't do that it doesn't pay any dividend to that um, but at the moment it's huge and look let it be um, but come June it'll be less huge it'll peak again for a few days in August and guess what you've got college to look forward to and that's a pretty awesome time in Absolutely, terms of university but also in terms of if you've got an apprenticeship you've got a job you're going to have a few bob in your pocket you're going to have that freedom you're going to have independence and that can be daunting as well but it's going to be an opportunity and every crisis is an opportunity and I think in one of the eastern countries the, the, word, the symbol for crisis is the same as symbol for opportunity so oh, although really? you feel in crisis now there's an opportunity that will come out of it and uh, this is an opportunity that, that I would love to be going back again. I wouldn't like to be doing Leaving Cert, but I would love to be hitting the August of Leaving Cert year again because what followed for me after that was a pretty cool time, to be honest. Oh, it's one and of the best uh, times of your yeah. life. It absolutely is. Yeah, it's a chapter so, in the book of your life. And so, once it's closed, it's closed. So this is the, this is the rite of passage and it's, it's the last hump before things start to get a little bit more fun. So focus on what's coming down the line and, and enjoy it. So any last bits of information or advice before students go ahead with the exams? Yeah, I think uh, I would say to yourself, you know, if you approach it like you're approaching a roller coaster, you know what I mean? In terms of you don't know what's up ahead, it might scare the life of you, you might be terrified, you might have to close your eyes for a lot of it, but it's short term and it's finished. And when it's finished, you'll have that wobbly bit, but you'll be just so relieved that it's over. Um, But what you'd say to yourself before getting on that roller coaster is I can do this and I've got this and I'll nail it and even if I'm terrified afterwards I'll be, I'll be glad it's over and I'll be glad I've done it so yeah I mean it's the approach it's the lens that you look at it this is a short term period of uncertainty that is going to throw up some interesting emotions but it's short term short lived and yeah let's focus on August and leaving to holidays or whatever it is to college whatever it is you're looking forward to and uh, yeah uh, look past it uh, and and enjoy it. Enjoy the bit. Enjoy it being over. Because uh, I think many people don't allow themselves to enjoy that that much. But it is. It's a lovely moment when you yes. close that last paper. I remember and you sit back up. in the chair and go. Done. Yeah, Yeah, I remember for a week after I finished the Leaving Cert, I'd still wake up at six o'clock in the morning thinking I have to go study now. And there would be that split 10 seconds going, I need to get up. Hang on one second. What am I doing today? And then I'd be like, wait a minute. Wait, wait. Mm. I can go back to sleep. And, and I'd just lie back down. It would be the most satisfying feeling in the world. I'm saying that, and I want one last thing to say. There is an option to repeat this. Yes, and I, I would say is. that. I've neglected to say that. And it, yeah, it's lovely having it over. If you had to do it again, the second time around, everyone will say it was never as bad as the first. So you, you've been through the course of it. You know it, what to prepare for. And you can have a second shot at this. And it may seem like a massive thing to have to do. But in fairness, again, in the spectrum of your life, it's not. It's not massive. It's a blip. Um, but, you know, it's a, this isn't one shot and you're out. Uh, there is another chance to do it uh, if you if, if needs be, if you don't achieve what you want. Um, but, you know, if you don't, if you get something and you you feel, gosh, I, I think I might be able to, to do something with it, then do it with it. It may not be the carved out path that you thought. It may not exactly have those 
millers, but you know, life isn't a bus journey. We don't just go from stop to stop to stop. You learn more, way much more walking or on a bike or driving a car and looking around you. So, you know, if it's not the predestination route that you planned, it's still a route that you can get something out of. And the destination doesn't have to change. You can still become the what thing that you wanted to be you just have to it's go the more a scenic different route. way it's just a circuit well, on the subject of it, being yeah. in cars and bikes and walking the scenic route the scenic route indeed <laughs> Dr. Coleman Nocter thank you so much you're very welcome Dublin's hit music station FM 104 Thank you so, so much for listening in with us over the past five weeks. We really hope you got loads of good info from our teachers and wellness professionals over the course of the series. Yes, and Tara, we'd like to also thank everyone from the Institute for coming in to speak to us over the past few weeks. As Ireland's leaders in education, we never would have been able to have done it to such an incredible standard without their help. We would also like to thank Coleman, Brian and Nicola for sharing all of their wisdom in their respective fields. The Leaving Cert begins in just one week from today so from myself Tara Murray and myself Crossy good luck from everyone here at FM 104's Leaving Cert Survival Guide FM 104's Leaving Cert Survival Guide with the Institute of Education with only the info that you want to hear to help you ace your Leaving Cert